Raider Nation, wake up and get ready because it's time for the morning grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Good morning, Raider Nation. I'm Eddie Pascal, and today is October 1st, 2021. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Morning Grind. With a huge primetime clash against the division rival Los Angeles Chargers upcoming this Monday night, today on the podcast, we're going to get you ready for everything week four with someone who knows the Bolts better than most, Haley Elwood. As the team reporter for the Chargers, Haley has a unique perspective of everything going down in Southern California, and she was gracious enough to share all of her information with us. Well, almost all of it. So, without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Chargers team reporter, Haley Elwood. And it is one of my favorite traditions we do it every year. It seems like every time the Raiders play the Bulls, we got to bring on friend of the program, even though she works for the Chargers, our pal Haley Elwood. And Haley, hello. How are you doing? We are here in our studio. You are at your remote location, and everything looks like uh, it's going well. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a tradition unlike any other. Yes. I know that that's usually reserved for one Jim Nance, but uh, when it's Raiders Chargers week, we hop on, we chat. Very happy to be back with you. Oh, and we're very happy to have you. So let me just start here. How great is it for us selfishly that this game that's happening on Monday night is between two teams that are playing a really, really good, really competitive, really exciting brand of football. Like, it's always exciting when the two division rivals get to tangle and do their thing, but the fact that both teams are playing really, really well makes it all the much better, right? You know what? It's so funny. I said that with Chris Harey on our final drive podcast that we had recapping the, the win over the Kansas City Chiefs, and we started talking about this Raiders game a bit at the end of the podcast, and I said, look... It's always fun. Like you said, when these two teams meet, you talk to Chargers legends of old, especially the ones of LaDainian Tomlinson, Sean Merriman. They always talk about these Raiders games, but they're so much better when the two teams are good. They're so much better. They mean a little more, obviously, when you have two teams who both have winning records right now, and this game really means something this early in the season. I mean, the Chargers have one win already in the AFC West, but this is a big one. Raiders currently undefeated. A lot of implications that could come out of this one. So it'll be electric, no pun intended, this uh, Monday night. Well done. And speaking of the electric atmosphere, we're going to be at SoFi Stadium for the first time. You've been there. You've had a chance to experience all the, the bells and whistles of that brand new stadium. What has it been like in there? Like, how is it? How's the vibe? It's a lot of fun. And I will say this, having been there last year when there weren't fans in the stands, it was just so strange. I mean, it was probably the same for you guys in Vegas. Just so weird to to have an atmosphere like that. But the fans, I think we can both say complete the atmosphere. That's for sure. And I think just kind of getting everyone in that building and really seeing it come to life has been exciting. It is the Super Bowl venue this year. This is where the last two teams will end up in Super Bowl 56. So it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I think when you get in there, you can't help but notice the amazing video board, the circular double-sided fantastic element that it is. I will say to me, I don't end up watching it though. I, I think, I don't know if you've been to Jerry World down in Dallas. but to yeah, their video board is very distracting, in my opinion. Like sometimes I catch myself just kind of looking up when we went there for Thanksgiving. This is a nice little supplement. It's just kind of there. You can catch it. You can look down, watch the action on the field. But it's awesome. The indoor outdoor vibe. It's got a roof, but the sides are open. So it's more like a canopy. Just really cool. Very Southern California. And uh, it's been awesome to play in there. Sounds like a very tasteful video board, you know, not one that yeah. like kind of overwhelms you. <laughs> one that's just kind of adds, adds to the action, which is really cool. I mean, it's humongous yeah. but uh but it does the the construction of it definitely uh 
yeah, tasteful is, is what I would say for sure. And look, I'm with you 100% where we were in a legion a year ago, very similar situation to you guys. We're, we're in there, we're looking around, and you're taking in this brand new, gorgeous, state-of-the-art stadium, but it just doesn't feel completely right until there's people in it. And obviously now we have fans in the building and it's been so much fun, these early goings of 2021. But going back to SoFi for a sec, very important question, very high-level question. How is the press box spread in SoFi? Those are the things that keep me up at night. Those are the questions that I need answers to, Haley. These are, right? Uh, it's solid. It is very solid. I am partial to the boxed candy that is out on display. I'm more of a in-game snacker where I like to have a little something and just kind of like nibble on throughout the game. So uh, there's a wide variety, whether it's Sour Patch Kids, whether it's Peanut M&Ms, Kit Kats, you got it all. You got it there. It is a solid press box spread. I remember last uh, week two against the Cowboys. So we got there. It was like a 125 game. So you get there at like, you know, 10 by 11 a.m., 10 a.m. actually, they had the full like lunch spread out. And we had some some colleagues and, and some people in the press box were digging into the it was like a meatball Italian spread. And I'm like, it's a little early for this. Also a little early for the Sour Patch Kids, but I did snag them because they might go. So that's one thing you got to do. But it's a solid spread. Never too early for meatballs. That's one thing I learned long ago, Haley. It is <laughs> never too early for meatballs. But shifting to what we're going to see on the field. Brandon Staley comes in this year, a new head coach for your for your Bolts. And I'm just kind of curious. I know we're still so early in this process and it's only week four, but what has been the kind of early takeaways, the early impressions that, that the fan base has of him right now? I think a lot of it has just been based on, I think when you saw last week against Kansas City, a bit more aggression, a bit more of an aggressive kind of game plan. They went for it on fourth down a couple times, especially that last fourth and nine late into the game. And it's it's building off of that. It's taking risks. Not being afraid, especially when you go up against an opponent like the Kansas City Chiefs, you know you got to play them tough because they are who they are. And I think another takeaway, too, with Brandon Staley is he's very much into collaboration with the players on this team and really building the different units on this football team around players and what they do best. One of them, Justin Herbert, the goal has always been since he came in to sort of build the offense around Herbert. When you talk about the defense, I think of someone specifically like Kenneth Murray, where when Staley got here, he said, hey, we're going to have you do things that you did best in college because that is what you do best. He's also talked a bit about having discussions with players, Joey Bosa's, Derwin James, whoever it may be, on just sort of going through plays and talking over plays with them and asking them, hey, what do you think works? What might not work? against this opponent, what do you think is best? And he said, it's all because they get this game plan together and it's one that everyone feels comfortable with and they feel that they can go out into a game and execute at the utmost potential. So I think it's just been, I think I would say that collaboration has been huge and aggression is another thing. And, and we saw that on display last week. You know, I'm glad you brought up Justin Herbert, a guy that I root for the entire season, except the two weeks that they play the Las Vegas Raiders. But you now look at him in year two, a guy that is really seemingly, and like I know, like I said, it is the early goings, but a guy who's really taken that next step in his professional career, a guy now that is, it feels like people are kind of talking about him almost in that same veins of the, of the Mahomes, uh, of the Brady's, of guys like that. What have you seen from him? Where has he gotten better from year one to year two? I think a lot of it with him deals with comfort. And it's funny to say that because this is a brand new offense. And so you kind of think, well, how can you be so comfortable when it's brand new? But it's, it's, I think the maturity of having played in the league for a year and having known what it's like to go out there and grind through games. And now there's the whole added element of fans too. But I think what we've seen with him doesn't really seem to be phased by that, especially when you go into a hostile environment 
air quotes, such as Arrowhead Stadium, and you come out with a win. But I think that maturity and I think that just that comfort that he's been able to have. And a lot of guys have talked about too, just his poise that he has when he goes out there. I mentioned being unfazed, but I think that's another huge part of, of just his growth and, and development from year one to year two. And when I mentioned kind of Brandon Staley wanting to build the offense around him and that collaboration, it's also working with offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. Look, the guys worked with Drew Brees, Shane Day, who is now the Chargers quarterbacks coach. He came from the San Francisco 49ers, helped guide Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl. Those guys all working together. Brandon Staley is a former quarterback too. So all those kind of like-minded guys getting on the same page with Herbert and just kind of helping him grow and develop. One other thing I recall that offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi said was Justin Herbert's a guy too. If he makes a mistake once, he won't do it again. We know how smart he is. You, I believe the last time we talked, you called Oregon, the Harvard of the PAC 12. I I still maintain that the conference of champions. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You would know, but I think, you know, we, we, again, we know how intelligent he is and him being able to sort of process and compartmentalize and put things away and move on to the next thing is key and huge, especially as a young quarterback in this league too. You know, I was going through the stat pack that our, our Dynamite PR staff put out the other day, and I was just going through all the Chargers numbers, and, and there was one that really stood out to me. And you look at all the offensive numbers, and they're great, obviously. They're, they're up kind of where, where the Raiders are. They're two teams that are putting up a lot of points that are playing a very efficient brand of football, especially on the offensive side of things. But third down efficiency, I think there's only two teams in the NFL who have a better third down efficiency than the Chargers do this year. What is working so well for them on that down, and is it a kind of, of a combination of all the things that you were just talking about? I think it is. And I think it's also when you look at specific players, it's the trust that Justin Herbert now has with certain guys on this team, like a Mike Williams, who's really come on through these first three weeks of the season or a savvy vet known as Keenan Allen. And I was talking to Tracy Wolfson about this last week. I had her on my podcast and she mentioned, you know, we, we think of all the years that Philip Rivers and Keenan Allen spent together, but she said, look, they had time to build that relationship and build that rapport between Herbert and Allen. It's been a year essentially because Justin got thrown in in that week two game of 2020 seconds before kickoff against Kansas City and look he never looked back from there but it's really it's having that trust and what's funny to me is there I think it's like a couple third downs a game where you just are watching and you're like how would how does the defense still leave Keenan Allen open you know like how how is he still open how is no one covering him because they're able to find and connect But I will say with this game this week, there are a lot of former Chargers coaches on that Raiders defensive staff who I think probably know who number 13 is. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll see how uh, how that plays out this Monday. And we're just hanging out with our friend Haley Elwood. And Haley, shift, shifting to the defensive side of the football, I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but it, it feels like Joey Bose is almost kind of flying under the radar, still just doing his thing. I mean, at this point, you look at him as one of the premier defensive ends in the game, but it feels like no one's really talking about him that much. And he, I guess that's a credit to that, hey, this is just what I do week after week after week, now year after year after year. He had such an amazing performance, I would say, last week against the Chiefs. He was questionable coming into it. He didn't practice at all last week. He was dealing with foot and ankle ailments. They had him active. He was in the game. And I believe it was Brandon Staley used the term warrior to define Joey Bosa. And that, to me, is just who he is as a player throughout his entire career. I always go back to his rookie season. He misses the first quarter of the season. The Chargers are 5-11 and to finish the year, he ends up winning defensive rookie of the year. How many times, you know, can you have someone on a losing team that ends up winning an award like that because he doesn't take plays off and he just cares so much about the game and about just 
himself too, as a player and a performer. And I think that the performance that he had against the chiefs, he was a force back there. He was constantly getting Mahomes uneasy and also helping other teammates like Jerry Tillery affect the quarterback as well. His play elevates those of the guys around him. And Haley, before we get you out of here, I always got to ask you this, because one thing that we love about talking to our friends around the league is that, you know, this is a show for Raiders fans that you get to learn a little bit about a little bit more about the team that you're going to play on Sunday, or I guess in Monday night in this case. So when you look at this game, Haley, give me one charger that you think is going to have an impact on this game that isn't the Justin Herberts or the Joey Boses of the world. Um, I'm going to look at Asante Samuel Jr., rookie corner, second round pick for the Chargers. He has two picks in two games. He has not allowed a touchdown this season. And I think he could really be a presence on that defense. He had that insane acrobatic interception this past week on Patrick yeah. Mahomes that like I have watched it from so many different angles and I have no idea how he stuck the landing on that one and also held on to the ball where it didn't touch the ground there wasn't any question like was it an interception or not catch no catch he's the first Chargers player to have multiple interceptions before turning 22 which is crazy because he's a baby so young but I think he could really be a factor in that secondary back there don't know what's happening with Chris Harris Jr. right now, but the play of Asante has really, really come on over these last couple games. Well, hey, the per usual, it was so fantastic to catch up with you. Have so much fun on Monday night. We will all be here watching on TV, wishing we were out there with you guys at that beautiful stadium in Los Angeles. So before, until we see you again, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, and I will, we will catch up one of these days in person. I promise you. We will. Thank you so much, Eddie. And a huge thank you to Haley for stopping by. We really appreciate her time, particularly during a busy week like this one. And speaking of busy weeks, your Las Vegas Raiders are back on the practice field later this morning as they continue preparing for Monday night's game at SoFi Stadium. I'm Eddie Pascal, and this was The Morning Grind. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Allegiant is going the distance for health and safety on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. Allegiant is going the distance for health and safety on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com.